Welcome back to C3 Podcast. Today, or should I say tonight, is a special episode where I actually have my first guest appearing on the C3 Podcast page. And that guest is my very own husband. Husband, say hello. Hello. So, tonight is um, a very... I want to say, not, I don't want to say special actually, but it definitely requires a discerning ear and a seeking heart to understand that besides what we see here on earth and experience here, you know, in the world, there is the spiritual realm where there are many things that we are still learning you know, as believers, as Christians, as those who continue to seek Christ and learn more of the spiritual realm that continues to affect um, not only just humans in general, but, you know, the world and the events around us. But because this is still part of the Relapse series, I wanted to share with permission um, from my husband as well about the night of my deliverance after the whole affair came to the light. So because I have, I, I don't want to say have little experience in what happened during deliverance, but from my husband's perspective, who actually did the deliverance upon me, he will be sharing more of it and I will add in a little bit here and there. So, husband, would you like to share about exactly what was going on about the night, you know, after the affair was revealed to you and all that? Oh, yeah, um, I guess so, sure. Well, so, after it was revealed, honestly, I felt, inside me, I felt like I was dying inside, that our marriage had been killed by this whole situation with the person and with everything but then God kept prompting me to go to the book of Hosea which I've read before when I was younger and knowing in the book of Hosea his wife was promiscuous and a prostitute and kept sleeping with other other men and stuff like that constantly and I was just like God, I don't want to read Jose. I know this. Why do I have to be reminded of another unfaithful person? I don't like this. And God's like, you need to start reading this out loud from chapter one. Sit in the room with your wife and start reading out loud. And I was upset and I didn't understand why, but I was just trying to be obedient with God. And so I was like, fine. So I started reading from chapter one and I got from chapter one about to chapter eight and I, I couldn't hear you, my wife, calling for help from me because your voice was so weak. And then God prompted me to pause when I was midway through chapter 8. And then I heard this guttural voice say, hey, at me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I was sitting there just in my boxers. No, I know that's nothing important to people don't need to know, but I was sitting there. <laughs> Just in my boxers and everything. And I looked up and I saw this contorted face that didn't even look like my wife's face anymore. Mm-hmm. And I paused for a moment because I felt so defeated at first. But then at that moment, because I was reading during Hosea, the book of Hosea, I was reading and 
it speaks of the demons of Baal, which are of infidelity, prostitution, promiscuity, sexual, promiscuity yeah. uh, sexual immorality, a bunch of different demons uh, that are tied to the, de- the demon head of Baal. And so when I heard that voice, that guttural voice say, just say, hey, and I saw that contorted face, instead of feeling like my marriage was over at that moment, I had this holy, righteous fire start welling up inside me. And I had this righteous, pissed off anger is the best way I could put it. Because mm-hmm. I knew at that moment that it wasn't my wife's doing in this, uh, this, this sin, this affair, that there was demons that were dormant in her. Cause this deem this primary head demon started gloating about how it successfully has destroyed my marriage to my wife, how they did that. They knew that they could pull this off with a demon of familiarity and the other person. And when it started gloating, I got up quietly and I just looked at the demon right in the eye as I felt the Holy Ghost fire come into me and I looked at it and I said, okay, first of all, you're bound in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. You can, you will not move. You will not hurt her, nor will you hurt me in Jesus name. You are bound in place because tonight I am effing removing you. I mean, I, I'm the type of person, I don't mince words with demons. I literally said the F word at the demon. I said, I am effing removing you. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are done hurting my family. You're done hurting my wife. I am done. Mm-hmm. And so then I started praying and God started showing me how I had to like, like, it's funny. Cause like I had to go use the bathroom at first. Oh, yeah. And so I was sitting on the toilet when I, when the demon was mocking me through my wife, speaking through her and mocking me. And I'm just like, you just, just wait. Once I'm done here cleaning myself out so I don't crap myself while I'm dealing with you, I'm going to town in with the Holy Ghost fire. I am going to remove you and anyone you have with you. And so God told me after I got done using the bathroom to go into our kitchen and grab our anointing oil. And at first I thought God was going to have me just put a little bit of anointing oil on my fingers like people do. They anoint fingers, anoint the forehead, that kind of thing. And God paused me and said, no, son, you need to pour this into your hands and you need to sheathe your arms from the tips of your fingers all the way up above your elbows. And you need to coat your arms because, son, you are going to war. Mm-hmm. You're going to war for the soul of your wife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, Jesus. So I did exactly that. And because like, and then God told me where to put the anointing oil on her. And so I did. And as I started started praying and the demons started hissing at me. And then like when the demonic manifests, it's scary for anybody, even if the sure footed in Jesus. And I am by no means sure footed, Mm -hmm. but I am stubborn. I'll say that. And God knows he created a stubborn man in me. And I knew that these demons were the ones that tried to hurt my family and destroy my family. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was mad. I was like, God, use me. We are getting rid of these tonight. You've delivered this unto me to be able to do this. I've been in deliverance ministry throughout my life. I know how to fight. I know how to use the word of God when it comes to fighting demons. 
And I know it's not my power, but God's power through me that courses through the whole come from the Holy Ghost. And when we were fighting and everything, we had like I literally like when I placed my hands because I couldn't put my hands directly on my wife at first because there was what felt like an invisible barrier keeping me from being able to touch her skin. And as one demon manifested, I saw in in the spirit, I saw what looked like a spiked tail whipping around on her back, like trying to dig its way into her further. And so when I placed my hand down the area, I felt something physically manifest and slapped into my hand. And I heard God go, close your hand now. And so I closed my hand. I felt something wriggling and almost jerked my uh, shoulder out of place. And almost dislocated my shoulder completely. It hurt really bad. And I just started crying out for uh, that God to send his angels uh, to, to help me pull this de- one demon out of my wife that was trying to hide itself and barrow itself back into her. And then after a few times of going through and getting demons off of her and sending them off of her and get, having angels come in and manifest and help me pull them off my wife... Which was crazy enough feeling that like hot fire energy start whirling around. It felt like almost like a vortex in the room. Uh, like just uh, just hot heat, hot air f- just flowing. It was, it's hard to explain exactly what I was feeling with it. But I knew it was the angels going to war. Mm-hmm. And God sending his army in to help deliver my wife. Yeah. And... And after that, though, then I thought it was done because my energy was drained. But then when when my wife came back uh, to her senses where she could speak a little bit, and she just said, it's not over. Mm-hmm. And then another one came back up and then I, I, I got mad and I, I declared, I was like, I was like, in the name of Jesus Christ, you will tell me who you are and who sent you apart from Satan. What legion do you follow? And they said, we are of Baal. And at that moment, I knew because God having me read the book of Hosea and about the demons of Baal, I knew that these were the ones that were attached and that they came from seven generations back for my wife's family. Mm-hmm. And I knew like this was going to be a long, drawn out battle, mm-hmm. but I was not going to stop because I was determined because I told the first demon point blank, you screwed up, you effed up. And here's how you effed up. If you didn't show yourself just now, I would have filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. I would have walked away. I would have kicked her out. I would have kept my children from her because she was not good people at that point to me. And I needed to protect what was mine. Mm-hmm. And she was at that point, I considered her no longer mine before because of this. If she could do this to me, then I didn't want her anymore. But because knowing it was a demonic manifestation I looked the demon right in the eye and said, guess what? Because you've shown yourself now, you've played your hand, you've shown your hand. And guess what? I can now 100% forgive my wife because I know it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. And I can love her as fiercely as I've loved her before because she did not do this to me. It was you through her, m- taking her over, possessing her to do this. I was like, and I'm going to kick your ass. Because you effed with the wrong man's wife. I was like, I may not be the greatest man of God, but I am a man of God. And I love my Lord and Savior. And I'm a warrior fighting for the safety and salvation of my family. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I was like, you will no longer ever come back here, touch my family ever again. And after that part of the battle was over and she said it wasn't done yet. And then God said, you need to grab your speaker, which is a funny thing as to go on a little rabbit trail with my job. I've been with my job for five years and I got an, a reward, an award for a five year service to my company where I got to choose an object. I could have chosen between a set of kitchen knives, a, a tailgate speaker, or a couple other things. And I decided to get myself something fun. And that was the tailgate speaker because I like technology. And it came right in the perfect timing because that thing was loud enough to where God told me to connect my phone to it and start playing shofar warfare music. Mm-hmm. And that's just the blowing of the ram's horn, but mm-hmm. in wartime sounds. Yeah. And we also got a hold of our spiritual mother. We call her mama. And she started blowing the shofar and started praying over, over my wife. And it just, it, it went on for a few hours and the demons, the last demon that had manifested that started screeching at us mm-hmm. saying that you'll never take her back from us. I'll mm-hmm. kill her before I let you t- take us off of her and take her out of her. Mm-hmm. She belongs to us now. She belongs to the realms of hell mm-hmm. and you'll never take her for, for the kingdom. And when this thing was saying all this stuff, I was so mad and just grabbed more anointed oil because I wanted to just put my hands on her or on her, start praying over her mind to get the demon to let go of her brain and to shut it up from her mouth and get it to let go of her face and the control over her body. Mm-hmm. And God's like, wait, you need more anointing oil before you touch her because mm-hmm. it's going to hurt her and you. So I poured more anointing oil and then I put my hand and this demon started screaming like bloody murder like it was being tormented as it was being drawn out of her and i knew at that moment there was going to be recovery needed to be done uh for for us still Mm -hmm. like to heal from these wounds that were caused but at that point i knew that we would be okay because we still have jesus with us and that the Bible says that what God has put together, let no man nor thing t- tear apart. Mm-hmm. And the devil wants to destroy anything good and godly and holy that that the that God gives us, and because the devil hates it, anything good and holy, the devil hates with a passion. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just it was it was terrifying. And mm-hmm. I was weak for a few days after that, after that battle, and but knowing. I uh, was able to help my wife, and later that night, though, that same night after everything was done, I laid there and I started laughing and crying at the same time. And I looked, at, I looked to my wife, and I was like, "Well, I kept my word." And she looked at me, and she said, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Remember, a long time ago, I told you, if anything ever happened, I would literally charge down the gates of hell. If the devil ever tried to take you, I would charge down the gates of hell and take you back from his grasp." That I would literally go into hell's through hell's gates and take you out of hell, and I literally had to do that because they were trying to drag her soul to hell, mm-hmm. and I refused. I was like, God, that she belongs to you. She's to, she's surrendered to you. These demons are still attached to her, and these demons are not going to be allowed anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was I was determined. To like God, just use me, save my wife, just please. If I have to die, I told God, if I have to die tonight to save her, please take my life to save hers. 
use me, God, whatever force has to be done, but save my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was ready that night to die just to save her because those demons did the unthinkable and unacceptable to me and unacceptable to anybody because uh, nobody should have to go through that. And the demons are, are evil. I mean, people think, oh, Christianity is just, it's just all about love and godliness and, and care and no judgment and all this other stuff people think. But no, it's real warfare. The part of being a Christian it's not all about good feelings and good vibes. It is about preparing yourself for war against principalities out there. Mm-hmm. Because that is the war. I mean, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the of the air. Mm-hmm. You know, there's demons. I mean, we do wrestle against uh, flesh and blood at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's physical manifestations of demons possessing people left and right in today's world. You look at the world leaderships, like, during the whole COVID thing. And you can see so many people that you could tell they are physically ma- manifesting demons as they're speaking. And you can see it in the eyes, the dead of the eyes, you know, how the eyes have show no soul left. And and the people are too far gone to be saved. They've, they've surrendered to Satan. Mm-hmm. And they are just walking manifestations at that point. Mm-hmm. And I see more and more of it happening in the world. And even back when I was a kid, I saw that stuff. And I asked God to take the visions away from me because I couldn't handle it as a kid. But God told me a few years back, he's like, I have to re-give you that gift. I have to re-enable your ability to see because it's time for you to start fighting again. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. I don't want it. I've told God many times, please take it from me again. I don't want it. I don't like this. Please, Lord. I don't want to have to do this. But God says, I've given you this gift. I've given you these abilities, these spiritual powers and the supernatural for my kingdom. Because I created you to be the warrior. And God had to remind me that with my name, and my name is William. And my, the name William has a Bible verse that goes with it. It's Psalm 82, verse 3. It says, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. And the name means Lord protector or great protector or sovereign protector. Mm-hmm. And so God said, I named you. Your par- I gave your name to your parents to name you because you are the, one of my warriors for my kingdom. You cannot walk away again from this. This is your destiny. This is the ministry that I have designed you for, specifically. Mm -hmm. I'm like, can I just, when I see people in need, go to them and pray for them? And God says, yes, I will show you the people I have intended to be in your path for you to be a guide to and to pray for and to deliver if need be. So it's it's intense. The whole night was intense. And the following couple of days was just in recovery, just spiritually, emotionally, physically trying to recover. I felt sick afterwards for a while. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I came down, I think, with COVID again. After that, like about within, within a week, because my body was so weak. Yeah. Like within like a few days, within that next week, I caught my third time, third round of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I mean, but, but you're still alive today. I'm still alive today, and I'm unvaxed. <laughs> How about that? Unvaccinated, 
and protected by the blood of Jesus. And I have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, all this stuff. They say, oh, the COVID will kill me. And I've had a few friends die that had similar health issues that I had. And they died and they, and they took the vaccine. So I, God told me not to take it for my own health. I mean, if other people take it, that's on them. They do what they got to do. But I was listening to God for what was good for me and my family. Mm-hmm. But that's another topic altogether. Back to the main topic. I'm sorry. I go on rabbit trails sometimes, people. <laughs> I hope people can follow my my rounds I'm going. I apologize. Uh, this first time me being on a podcast for anybody. So... <laughs> So just like a few um, questions for you, because I know there is three things as a Christian, you know, as a servant of God, basically, because that's what Christians truly are. You know, we fight against the enemy. We also fight against our own flesh. What is the other thing that we also fight against? That the Bible warns us about. Um, false uh, doctrine. That too. <laughs> Is that what you were going? No. Like, well, it's, well, the Bible tells us that in the end days, there's going to be a lot of false teachers, false prophets. Mm-hmm. And like, we got to look, we can't look to other men. We can't look to other people who proclaim these feel good gospel versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. We got to look to the words of Jesus and exactly what Jesus said. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, we look at the Bible and we take the Bible as a whole. It's, it's the Bible is God's love letter to mankind. Mm-hmm. But there is the Bible makes it clear though that there will be people. There's only going to be a small remnant of people that actually make it to heaven. Yeah, there's going to be two thirds of the population that's going to get wiped out. Yeah, and, and we in can... that third of the population that's left, mm-hmm. only a small fraction of that is going to make it to heaven. Yeah, I know. And that that the Bible says that, and like the, and like the revelations and stuff like that, it talks about that stuff. Yeah, but before you go down that rabbit trail, sorry, because I do want to eventually talk about that because just understanding why it's such a small number, especially with the events that are happening, you know, currently in the world. But people have too much to it. People have a. Uh... A god of their own image and their mind that they've created, a god that they're comfortable with. Which is true. So to circle back on just how, you know, like you were saying, (laughs) sorry, just saying with, um, you know, not only that they have a god of their own image, but you know, there's been too much of the feel good that when it comes to the commandments or just overall the law that is stated in the Bible. People that have been, you know, kind of, I guess, entangled in the feel good stuff for too long, you know, and I'm speaking from my experience, you know, that when we start going through hard seasons where, you know, I've mentioned before um, in the previous episodes about the dispute and discord between us and still for me being a recovery Christian and working on my codependency because codependency is deep, deeply rooted for me in abandonment and rejection. So when I start to feel that and as soon as there is a physical manifestation of what seems to be, um, for me, the quote-unquote answer or the, um, I want to say, not the cure, what is like an ailment or a like a medicine like a false like 
Oh, it's a placebo. Yeah, like a placebo, um, which is a counterfeit of what yeah. could possibly solve, quote unquote, my problems. Well, they, they claim it'll solve it, but it it does it actually doesn't do anything at all. If anything, it makes it worse. Yeah, and so that's yeah. what happened with me. So I agree with you on the part where you know the seven generations of bail through probably possibly both sides of my family yeah. um has slowly like entangled me me into the affair but also with my flesh because of the rooted sins of you know abandonment and rejection and therefore leading to like fear of not being loved and you know so much more that I can go into depth to yeah. but what's the manipulation of and the, the manipulation spirits, yeah and so that. that's the thing the next thing I want to talk about after that so truly us being a united couple mm -hmm. definitely can help stand against like those type of baits for right. for sure and so you know and, which and if I may. Yeah. And, like, another thing, like, that helped us, too, after this. Because I know, like, I don't want people to think that, oh, just because after the um, demonic was removed, everything became great again. There, Like I said, there was, there have been times where we've had to, like, go through healing and stuff. and But there was a, um, a uh, practice that we did uh, together that we were actually... Uh, my wife was informed by a dear friend of ours from one of our CR groups, Celebrate Recovery groups. Uh, she had told my wife to, that for both of us to sit down and write uh, lists, like 10 things that we know that we, uh, how we've been hurt by the other person, and at least try and write as many things that we do on how we hurt the other person. Like how yeah. we've been hurt by the other person, then how we hurt the other person. Mm -hmm. And as we go through the list, and if... Oh, if I'm what I'm reading off, like my t list of 10 at first is on her list of her bottom side list. And we both cross them off. We ask for forgiveness and we, we forgive each other, truly forgive each other and give it to God. And we went through the entire list uh, with each other. And once we went through and I truly sat down and said, please, from the bottom of my heart, please forgive me for this. Mm -hmm. and and we forgave each other we let it go we gave it to god truly gave it to god mm -hmm. and after giving it to god then it made it where things were so much easier for us to be able to forgive each other more and we, i don't i wanna... felt this lift off of us yeah like i don't want to say it was just easy for us to forgive but there was just a it, shift in our, our reconciliation yeah, in, the shift in the spiritual part of our home too yes that we started to not, I don't want to say get along more because we, we do get along. For the most part, yeah. We, yes, <laughs> of course. Part. We're not a perfect couple. Yeah, there's times we, we frustrate the heck out of each other just like any couple. Yeah. But the makeup is always awesome. <laughs> sorry. 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 So, anyways. but I don't, mean, I don't mean sex. I mean the makeup is, is fun. Like how we get to uh, like find ways to like cheer each other up and like make each other smile again, you know? Yes, that's true. Um, but anyways, on to the Sorry. next question that I have um for you. Because um you've you've experienced um this this is not the first time you've had to deliver demons out of me, correct? No, correct. Not so this is like actually the was no, it's the second time. Third time. 
Third time? Third time. The third time. This was the third time. This was the third time. This was the third and final time. You hope. God made it clear that this this was the grand Pumbaa of demons that that was on you. That once all of these were removed, I was like, God, I am not stopping until there's nothing left in her. And that's why I told God, I was like, this is, I'm done. Mm-hmm. With these, I was like, there, there cannot be any lingering ones. If there's any uh, hint, uh, hintling of uh, anything lingering, yeah, I will not stop fighting. Yeah, because for me, so, uh, like, there was nothing left. No other demons were left in you. Yeah, at that point, you're bu- you were made pure and holy at that point and sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most also part, true. yeah. I mean, as, as much as a person can become that. Like, I don't mean like that to say that she became a righteous, like beacon of light, brighter than God or nothing like that. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying anything like that. Don't, don't mistake me for anything like that. Please people. No, Mm -hmm. I just mean like she was purified by the Holy ghost, uh, coursing through her at that point, like mending all damage that the demons did and making, there was nothing left because the Holy spirit was able to fill her so completely that there was no room left for any demons to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had the outpouring. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just, um, for me, I wanted to mention, um, how, you know, I've also done deliverance over you from, you know, certain demons. So do you think that even though after like your experience with deliverance of um demons like does it get any easier or oh no <laughs> oh no you, it gets uh, it gets to the point where it's a uh... sorry give me a second I sorry i apologize it's okay i just have a lot to edit <laughs> oh sorry but um you know it's i thought this is all raw <laughs> sorry anyways all right so um no it does not get any easier Point blank, it does not get any easier when, I mean, because it's never easy when it comes to to when it comes to this stuff. Is it just harder when it's someone you love? It's more tasking on your spirit. It's more draining on your body mm-hmm. when it's someone you love because you commit so much more of yourself into this, where you you know that there is no other option, no other alternative. Mm-hmm. But to be there to help your loved one get through it and to save them from it, to let God use you wholly. And I don't mean holy as in like H O L Y, holy as in W H O L E, like why, like whole, like completely. Mm-hmm. Like commit yourself to like God, use me, get this out of her. Like, and any, anything you have to do, God, I'm your vessel to use. I'm available. Use me however she's fit. If it kills me, it kills me, but save her. Yeah. You know, but be willing, you, you get to the point where when it's your family and the people you love, that's the moment when you're willing to die for them. Mm-hmm. To be willing to die as Christ died for us. Yes. To, to cleanse us of our sins. Mm-hmm. To be willing to die to help save the loved ones from their sins and the demons that have manifested and taken them over and have harmed them. Yes, because when you know, for, from our understanding, our learning throughout, you know, um, specifically my journey as a Christian, as a Christ follower, you know, when the household is not, when the household is not unified 
and there is just too many doorways that and you know wounds that aren't going unhealed that can really um be a bright light open invitation for demons to just come and manifest itself but Mm -hmm. specifically you know the fact that you know i have both discovered that night of my deliverance that there was seven generations of demons that were dormant was it yeah they were high they were in hiding waiting because they wanted to they were hoping because they were at their limit seven generations was the curse Mm -hmm. and you were the seventh generation so they could not touch our daughter or our son but we've also done this um Uh, not practice but yeah, we, we also did this prophetic um, severing of the bloodline. Yes. Like, before our children were born. Before we actually got married. No, it was after we married. No, it was before we got married. We did it twice. So, yeah, probably did it twice. One before we got married, and one after we got married time. Yeah, so that way anything, anything attached anything to... Anything us could that, that was cursed on us could not go to our children. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so... Yeah, our children are precious. Mm-hmm. Yes, very. So, I had a thought. Um, I totally spaced out on it. But, you know, from my side, in regards to the whole deliverance, you know, um, if for it being my second time that I was delivered from demons, you know, the entire time that my husband was reading from Hosea, you know, I was really in a very dark pit of not only myself but just feeling so defeated with our marriage I did also believe that it was the end for us um and also you know I felt like I I actually I didn't feel I I actually gave up I literally said to myself god like at this point I give up I just I rather die right now than see my husband go through the pain that I've caused him. Because like I've mentioned before in the previous episodes, I was taking sole responsibility of the entire affair. Um, At least the first two and a half days, right, honey? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, you know, saying that it was my fault, you know, that I caused this and, you know, and as my husband was reading more of Hosea, my body started feeling not like tingly or like um, goosebumps. It was like this creepy, t- like little like bubbling me- through your body, through your skin, like this bubbling sensation. It wasn't bubbling for me. It was just like a sh- like a shiver, like yeah. a soft shiver. Yeah, that's what um, and all of a sudden, like in my own mind, there was like a slight, like darkness, but then. All of a sudden, like, I knew what was about to happen. And before I could even speak, like, it, like, the things, like, shut me up. And I couldn't speak. I could hear some of the things that were being said. Like, when it started to mock you. But when it came to the warfare, my entire body was so, like, tight and burning. But it wasn't entirely burning me. It was just, like, a temperature, like Mm -hmm. around me as like the warfare was happening and there was a couple times where i was like throwing up or something yeah bile you you puked up bile yeah and my throat was sore for a couple days after Mm -hmm. but you know 
demonic possession is very real. Demonic influence is also very real. And so... Anybody who tells you that once you give your life to Jesus, you can no longer be possessed by a demon doesn't know their butts from the hole in the ground. Is that a saying that you've been told growing up? My grandma used to say that. Yikes. (laughs) She said, anybody who tells you a Christian cannot be... Uh, once you give your life to Jesus, you cannot be possessed. Like you can't be repossessed once you've given your life to Jesus. That's true. By the same demons. By, by right? the same demons. Well, so, actually, no, 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 no that's, by that's any not other right. demons. By any other demons. But if you are, you have demons that were manifest and they're part of generational curses. Mm-hmm. Those have to be delivered from you. Yeah. That no. that's a that's a necessity. I mean, you can be you can be saved, but still have demons attacking you. And attached to you, that you can have done until you but, but break you, them once, off. Once they're broken off, they can never come back unless you willingly, with your own act of your own will in your body, say come back. Mm-hmm. You say come back, then they come back, and they come back with like a sevenfold. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. Like technically, they can come back. Yeah, because it only is warned if you allow in the Bible. It, only if, if you, you give allow them the chance. Oh yeah. You know, and so that's that, so crucial. That leads back to the thought that I thought I, that I have forgotten and everything space that on. So when I think you had asked it, like why why us of all people or whatever, yeah. but then when it mentioned because of the familiar spirit, yeah, the familiar spirit that's so part of the guy. can you go a little bit um, into depth about what the familiar spirit is? Well, a familiar spirit is a spirit that has been manifested on a person before, has been left, but has been able to attach to another person, mm-hmm. and it recognizes its brethren. Mm-hmm. It recognizes its brethren, and they work in tandem with one another to wreak havoc, chaos, and destruction. Right. And, I mean, because it cannot, because in a lot of times it's because of soul ties, and soul ties happen with people we come in contact with and we have to be careful when we come in contact with people because especially if people you start to develop a bond with and friendships with and we start to really care for we 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 send out these lines from our spirit basically that connect to those people Mm -hmm. and then it can send them back to us that kind of thing and it could be a good things it could be bad things that come off them Mm -hmm. that's why like it's so crucial, like, yes, to have friends that you care about, but, like, I mean, something that even we don't do that we need to do more often is, like, if we can get to, to a nightly prayer, like, anybody that we've come into contact with this day, Lord, we any if there's any soul ties, attachments that went from, went from our bodies to them, we call back our own soul ties to us, Lord Jesus, and we send further the spirit and power of your blood, take off any soul ties, attachments that came from other people back to them. And we wash, we pray that you wash us clean uh, this day, that they, that, that no bonds, no demons, no afflictions can come from another person onto us. Mm-hmm. And when we pray those kind of prayers, I mean, people will think, oh, that's kind of a crazy prayer, but it's, it, needed. It, it's needed in today. It's, I mean, it is needed from time immemorial, you know, like, like that is why there's so much, there's so much wrong in this world, so much evil, so much wickedness. There's so much sexual deviancy, so much sexual immorality 
in any kind of immorality, really, and like that, this world has lost its way. It has lost Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and the, at least the sight of Jesus. But like that's what the devil wants. He wants us all in darkness. But by us learning, and the more of us learning, the more of us teaching people how to do deliverance, how to pray again, pray off the soul ties, to break the lines of of generational curses, to break break across the prophetic bloodline and cut cut the prophetic bloodlines from our parentage mm -hmm. uh, and to be, because when we're grafted to the vine of Jesus, that's our bloodline at that point. Mm -hmm. So when we, when the best, I think a good practice for Christians would be when we become Christians, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, when we're, after we're baptized, we say a prayer, a prayer to say, Lord, right now, after we come out of this water before we step out of this water, Lord Jesus, as we step out, we are now stepping in faith to step out of the bloodline of any curses, hexes, vexes, jinxes that have been put upon our family, they, uh, our family's home and stuff like that, that they can no longer touch us because we have been born again. We have been washed by the blood. We have been washed by baptism and that we are pure creatures to you, Father God. And then we pray that these bloodlines, these curses of these bloodlines be severed off of us, that they will not go on any further and that they end right here, right now in Jesus' name. Exactly. And even um, with that, I mean, if you practice like, you know, a nightly routine, like, you know, or a skincare or something you like to do um, just before bed, sometimes, you know, like, it's like a shower, like after a long day and you just need a shower because whatever just feels like a key on yeah. you, you need that. That needs to be a part of um, your nightly routine just so that way there is no open doorways for demons to come in. Now, for someone like and me, quick, yeah. Uh, speaking of doorways, so another thing you got to do too, and this is one thing you got to be crystal clear on. Like when you're praying against demonic activity, that if you're praying, going, Father God, whatever doorways have been that may have been opened unknowingly to us, Father God, I just ask you to shut those doors, seal them by the, your blood. I ask you to place your blood over the the mantle and the sides of these doors, mm -hmm. as they did with the blood of the lamb back in Egypt, with the Israeli uh, Israelites did that to protect them from. The, the the curse that fell upon Egypt that your spirit went over and protected their young, mm -hmm. their firstborns and stuff. Uh, we pray that over the spiritual doorways that your blood covers those doorways. That way, they cannot not come through. Exactly. It is just very needed. Welcome, guys. We had a slight chin, but now we're back. So just to kind of touch bases a little bit on the familiar spirit, because it is a process, at least it was for me, to kind of understand like how spirits can be familiar with each other, especially since I think um, another thing we have learned about the familiar spirit is that even though it hasn't seen it for a long time, the instant familiarity between them or recognition between the two of them or not two, but the multitude of them, yeah. you know, like that really threw us for a loop that even when we had shared with um, our pastor, I think like, what was his reaction again? He nodded because he was, he was familiar about that. Yeah. So really it is a good confirmation for us. Well, not just good confirmation. And I don't mean incredible as a good thing, but it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I want to say yeah. actually about how 
deep and how like you know this expansion of the spirit realm can go you know especially when oh, yeah. the familiar spirits um are hosted in two separate beings from not separate timelines like it's the multiverse or something no, but from states up states away yeah from states that away came from california and this demon was in the man from uh south carolina yeah you know and so like but you know another thing um which you know i we do have to mention is that because there was deliverance on me that we've closed the um the doorways with those spirits you know and had to do a sanctification process over me to you know holy um heal me from all of that yeah to make you know, sure anything that tried to attach from the familiar spirit that was attached to the other guy like to make sure everything was sent back to him and i was like god he's yours to deal with yeah because unfortunately which is sad but when it comes to spiritual warfare if someone is made aware of demons attached to them but choose not to do anything about it they give the demons more strength. Yeah, give the demons more strength, and therefore they can't be, be delivered from until they want to be. Yeah, if they want ever want to be. Yeah, but because these are demons that are being sent to somebody else, and anything that was attached to me, you know, in regards with soul layers and the soul ties, you know, being severed from my side and sent to whoever sent back to who it would belong to. Yeah, you know, even. Though there has been demons that have been sent to hell because we took our authority, mm-hmm. you know, through Christ. But, you know, for the safety of our home and our family, you know, with, with our spiritual mother, she prayed with us that there would be the blacksmith angels, she called them, to stand guard and make like a cell. Like a dome to protect us, like a cell to... To lock the familiar spirit up. Well, not just around, not not around us, but around the host. Yeah, because not yeah, they would not be allowed to come anywhere near us ever again. We'd never be able to come within within a hundred thousand feet of us. Yeah, and you know, um, and that was like a Holy Spirit prompt too. Because earlier that day, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, um, "Restraining order, restraining order," Mm -hmm. and. I even asked, like, you know, a couple of leaders. I asked, I think I asked you, right? Yeah. But then it wasn't until after the deliverance, the Holy Spirit had showed me that. It was a spiritual restraining order. It was a spiritual restraining order. I even got confirmation through our spiritual mother about it. And, you know, to add that last bit of warfare mm-hmm. to further, like, um, seal and consecrate our marriage back to God. Yeah, like, you know, it's really, again, not incredible as a good thing, but, you know, incredible how spiritual warfare can be, Yeah, especially when you allow these doorways open. Yes, it's intense. It's very intense. I I mean, it's uh, incredible could be one word to be used for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, However... Uh, like, but incredible doesn't mean necessarily mean like good. Incredible means like it's something that you just 
it's indescribable almost like yeah what go, what what goes on with it what happens with it all and stuff it gets to the point where it's like okay lord jesus uh i don't know what's happening but you do and i'm just here to be the vessel yeah and you know you know taking in faith that this is you know just a part of our testimony yeah you know as a couple who have well like you have said, literally to hell and back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, not I, at all. <laughs> I do not recommend going to hell and back with, for anybody. If anyone thinks, oh, I can do it. Yeah, you may be able to do it, but you're going to wish you hadn't had to. Basically. And one thing I'll say is because I made that comment to my wife a long time ago, and I was being flippant about it because I was like, yeah, I would literally go to hell and they go through the gates of hell to take you back from the devil if you ever try to take you from me. Mm-hmm. By me saying that, it was an outward challenge to Satan. Yes. By our, by my own words saying that and challenging him, saying, like, come and try to take her and I'll take her back from you. Yeah. And that was my mistake where I put her in the crosshairs without realizing it. But, you know, and but because, because of, but here's the grace of God on that though, mm-hmm. is yes, I may have been stupid and said that. However, God knew the time would come and he would give me the strength and he, and that night was a Bible study night, men's Bible study night that I didn't get to go to. And, but I literally felt every man into my Bible study start praying for me when I went to warfare. Mm-hmm. And I got confirmation that they that God had told them to stop what they were doing, start praying for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was incredible to hear that because I knew at that moment when I cried out, God, help me. I can't do this on my own. I need more help. Mm-hmm. That all the men in my men's discipleship started praying over me and my wife and for us to uh really like get the strength and for them to send their angels the warring angels on our behalf to help me fight this battle for my wife's uh safety and uh yeah safety yeah and uh what's the word i'm looking for it's uh not restitution anyways but just for my wife, um, I can't think of the word right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You Usually know. I'm good with words. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was basically, Yeah. I think the last, no, not entirely the last of it, because shortly after that was where we had learned. Or not shortly after, like the next day it was where we learned about the grooming part. Yeah, that this guy had had been targeting her since the day we met and pretended to be my friend just all so he can get at my wife Mm -hmm. and my flesh did almost get the better of me i started to rage about that and because i mean but like seeing how much my wife was hurting made me want to hurt the man even more and god had to get a hold of me basically by the ring by the scruff of my neck like you do with a puppy and be like you have a choice here. You can either rage and go for revenge mm-hmm. or you can accept the forgiveness I've given you and for, continue the forgiveness towards your wife. It's either you, you go after the hatred for him or you work on the healing of your marriage, but yeah. you cannot have it both ways. True. 
God's like, you cannot go for revenge and expect me to continue to bless and heal your marriage. True. You either get let go of this, give it to me, I will deal with him mm-hmm. in the way I see fit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, are you going to do such and such, such and such, are you going to do this to him? I mean, you, he's got this situation in his life that he's dealing with. Are you going to like bring the hammer down on him? And God's like, that's not for you to know. Because... Mm-hmm. In order for us to entirely, you know, sever. we had to, we had to like literally sever and like remove him, any aspect of him from our lives. Mm-hmm. And where I like, I mean, yeah, and I, I still have our time sometimes, like where I have brief flashes go through my head where I wish I could just, like, I see a car that looks like his car, and like I'm like, oh, I wish I could have taken a bat to his head and and put his brains to the pavement. But that's not of God. That's of my flesh and my anger. And then I have to instantly, when I had that, I have to sit down and repent and go, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of that murderous spirit that I had come through me. Please deliver that from me right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want that deliver that murderous spirit in me. That does not. That is not of you. That does not glorify you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Take it from me. I surrender it to you now. Yep. And it's taken a while. I keep, and sometimes I have to keep praying that. Yeah. I mean, it's not a one and done prayer when it comes to seeking out, forgive, being able to become a forgiving person. It, there, there's times like, like, if I can give a side example, like I have an ex of mine who uh, tore my son out of my life, and thing is that I was in so much pain and so much anger from that. Because she maliciously harmed me by taking my child from me. And I fought so hard for the first year of my son's life to be a part of his life. I fought through the court system to get him, to be able to be with him. And then she took off with him. And I had so much anger and bitterness for so long. And God used the way he was able to help me forgive her and said, you were able to forgive her. Finally, correct, son? I was like, well, yeah, I can forgive her. And because God showed me she could have chosen to to end my son's life while he was still in the womb because of the way this world is. Mm-hmm. But she chose to have my son anyways. Mm-hmm. And so God's like, so you cannot hate her because she still brought your son into this world and I will work with her on her heart and I will continue to watch over your son Mm -hmm. but I will not be able to bless your son if you are not able to forgive her Mm -hmm. because he is your son and any curses you speak if you speak any curses over her those curses will unilaterally fall to your child do you really want those curses to fall to your child I said no lord I don't want those curses on my son Mm -hmm. he's like then you have to speak blessings over her you have to forgive her. You have to speak blessings. And so the reason why I say that is because God showed me. He's like, I was, I've been able to now forgive her wholeheartedly. He's like, if I can forgive her, then surely I can forgive this man. Mm-hmm. Because this was a brief thing that the demons tried to do a blitz mode on my marriage with this situation. Mm-hmm. And they, they were in desperation to try to destroy us before we started to step into ministry that God had designed us for. Mm-hmm. And cause God saw us starting, to get, uh, God sees us starting to get serious and the devil saw us starting, starting to get serious. And about the devil don't like that. And the devil all. don't like it. And <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody that listens to this right now, if you're not ready to get off the fence, 
and live for God. And it's better to be a cold Christian than a lukewarm Christian. It's better to be a hot Christian than a cold Christian. Mm-hmm. But it's if you're going to be a cold Christian, just be like, just be the Christian that you just sit there, you just pray, you mind your own business, don't get involved with nothing. I mean, yeah, you'll you'd still be saved because you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. But the life you get to live and the miracles you get to see are going to be few and far between. If you're a hot Christian on fire for the Lord, you're going to live one of the most indescribable lives you can ever imagine. And you're going to have testimonies that people are going to look at you and go, like, there's no way. But they're going to see a light that shines so brightly through you that they're going to see Christ in you and it will be undeniable. And just walking down the road... People will see it, and they will not be able to deny the existence of the, of God. Exactly. So my advice would be get off the fence and accept what God has to give you. Mm-hmm. And, and he will always give you the strength mm-hmm. to do whatever he has designed you for. That's right. But just, let, just tell the Lord, I'm available. It's okay to be scared because you're stepping out into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's very scary, but Jesus will always carry us through. Amen. I hope you guys um, can receive from this episode just so many layers to it, but that's life. There's so many layers. And just like this series, there's been so many layers to it. And to be quite honest, it's still not the last layer, y'all. I still have, you know, lessons that I've learned from this whole experience. And, you know, tips to even help those who are in recovery and want to prevent to, you know, from falling into the sin that I've fallen into. And that's part of a life as a Christian, a Christ follower, a servant of God, because there's going to be so many things that can trip us up and just rebuke God altogether. But if we continue to seek him, he's going to pull us through even the tough and rough, just like me and my husband have experienced. So I thank you, husband, for being on here. I'm actually have been ecstatic since you agreed to be on here because it and funny thing is is at first i wasn't going to do it at all because i'm just like well i don't want to be a part of this this isn't my thing this is our thing Mm -hmm. and then god's like get your butt up and do this i mean i prayed for a few days first before god finally said get up and do it Mm -hmm. and i'm like god if you want me to do this i need to hear it crystal clear Mm -hmm. i started feeling poking and prodding and i'm just like that's not good enough, Lord. You know what I'm looking for. And I got a swift electrical jolt through my body. And I heard God go, hey, <laughs> tell your wife you're going to do it. This will be good for the people that are listening to her, her podcast, too. And it'll be cathartic for you and heal, more healing for you mm-hmm. and more healing for your you and your wife together. Amen. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yeah, because this, this, been, this has been fun. Nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking, <laughs> but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. So, so thank you everybody that has uh, tuned in to listen to my wife's podcast. And honestly, I hope that she and pray that for every single one of you. And honestly, may I pray? 
Yeah. Right now? Actually, I usually do that on okay. this channel. All right. So, Heavenly Father, right now, I just want to lift up first and foremost. I want to thank you, Jesus, uh, for all you do for all of us in this world, Lord God. And I just want to just lift up anybody who's listening to this podcast as they listen to it, Father God, that you speak to them, that you minister to them, that you uh, seal their hearts and their spirits and their souls, their minds with your seal, Father God, that you speak to them, you minister to them, you help them heal, you help them see the hope that only you can bring, Father God, and that you just you continue to minister to them, you continue to lift them up. Father God, and that you just continue to just, just to be that light that only you are, Father God, that we, we take our eyes off the troubles of this world that is, keeps coming our way, that the devil keeps trying to use to distract us, Father God, but that we start to keep our eyes on the light bringer that is Jesus. He, you came down and, and brought your light and gave it to the world, Father, mm -hmm. to give it to us so we have hope. I see so many people, Lord Jesus, that are living their lives without hope, Father, and it breaks my heart, Lord Jesus. And I just pray for anybody here who thinks that there is no hope, that they, they can hear this testimony, Father, and see that there's always hope, that there is a warrior spirit from you, Father God, that you send your armies of your angels to do battle on our behalf, to go in battle beside us as we continue to fight. And as long as we're willing to stand up and say enough is enough, wrong is wrong, enough from the enemy, and that we will continue to fight and we declare your name and we declare your victory. Because that's what it is, Lord Jesus, is your victory that comes and not in our victory. You give us victory, but it is your victory. It is your victory, Father. Mm -hmm. Just praying for those who feel lost right now, Lord Jesus. That you just you put a touch in their lives. You touch their hearts. You speak audibly to them if you need to, Lord Jesus. You you sh show them your love. You let them feel your embrace. So they're not alone, Lord God. To the, to the men, to the women who feel completely and utterly alone, you're not. Uh, the Lord is with you. The Lord cares for you. The Lord loves you. And he's there just waiting with his arms. If you wonder where he is, he's always been right there beside you. You just got to turn to him. He's waiting for you. Accept him. Accept his love. Accept his peace and accept his salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, y'all. Until next time, take care, be safe. Ahoy ho. Ahoy ho.